This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. You've got to continually grow too. Like uh, every time I think I've grown in exponentially in one area, it'll show me that I need to grow in this area. And uh, at first, the lessons were coming so hard and fast. I was like, when do they stop? Like, can I just have a reprieve where I don't feel this life pain all the time? And I now don't have that life pain in my life. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, Nikki Klasser. How you doing? I'm wonderful. You know, we're almost at a million downloads for this I know. podcast. That's why we're talking today. Tell me, it's, what do you think has been the biggest growth for you personally in the last 18 months, building this phenomenal podcast and getting to 1 million downloads? You know, honestly, it goes back to staying in my lane. It goes back to just doing what I know I'm good at and what my strengths are, which is talking to people, connecting with people, empowering people, whether it's through, you know, for my clients, through the photographs I make for them, or just even teaching people through here and, and empowering through the guests and, and with the course, I did a course on personal branding, which to me felt so good. I know you're like this. We're, we're very similar that when we see someone else succeed and grow, it is the most wonderful thing. And to be able to share with people and empower and just, yeah. So I've been doing all the things that I know I'm really great at. So I think because I built my business from nothing and um, I had to learn, you know, each step about money and being successful and going up at next level and then a next level mm-hmm. again in my business and my personal income. And um, the one thing I found was as I started to become more successful, I had to hang out with people that were driven to the same kind of success and drive because mm-hmm. otherwise I seemed to make other people who were still stuck or maybe didn't want the same things. I seem to upset the apple cart with my ambition and my drive and my hard work. And I remember feeling a bit lonely, even when I reached certain little 
little money goals because I was starting from nothing. I remember thinking like, who can I talk to about this without like people would say things like, oh, so you must be killing it. And I was, my business was taking off, but you know what profitability and how much money you actually keep in those first three, five years. And it looked like we were incredibly successful. And a lot of my friends were saying really silly things like, oh, you're rich now. And mm. and I wasn't by any stretch. That, I mean, I was just getting my bank account, my business bank account, sort of up to like $80,000 for the first time in 20 years. Like I was really making it work. And I, I did feel like accomplished and stuff like that. But who do you talk to if people are not in alignment with growing with money and stuff like that? And so yeah. sometimes people don't see your success as a big win. They see it as taking away from something they can't have and that that sucks <laughs> oh yeah yeah well at home it, podcast yeah that's my dog <laughs> I'm sure mine will probably bark at some point too you know I know at the beginning of every year we always do an SBE sort of goal setting session where you're resetting and there's just like a renew every year of hope and of taking action and I've noticed over the last year, and I pay more attention because I'm always looking for podcast guests and I'm looking for success stories and that sort of thing. I've noticed more than ever, people are saying, I quit my job, my day job this year that was sucking the life out of me. I have consistent clients now. I have a, a sustainable sales average. Like, this is real now. And I, and I kind of want to talk to those people. And I will say, speaking to what you just said, it's nice to have a group where you can share these successes and have people genuinely be excited and cheer you on and yes. give you advice, which is amazing. Because like you said, we don't always have that in our personal life. But let's talk to those people. Okay, so now they, they're getting there. They're like consistently booking and their sales average is up. You know, maybe we do some goal setting action talk for them. You know what? Um, it's kind of intermediate business, right? You've broken through selling, you've built your folio, and we just have a whole lot of people saying, now what? Like, now what? Yeah. And it's quite incredible. You spend like this, I'd say you spend five to 10 years getting really good at being self-employed. Mm, like that's, mm -hmm. it takes a long time. If you've never been self-employed before, or if you started in debt with bad money programming, like you just didn't know anything about keeping money or receiving, that's going to take you a while. That that evolution doesn't happen overnight. You have to shift a whole lot of brain yeah. stuff and a whole lot of childhood stuff. So I feel like there is just so much focused on breaking you through to that next level. And then, you know, the majority, because SBE is only six years old, the majority of our people are in that phase. About 80% of them are just in that first startup phase, that step one, two, three. And not many people get to the four, five, six very mm -hmm. quickly. It takes time and it's frustrating and there's a lot to learn. But the ones that are breaking through sales and they're getting consistent, um, let's, yeah, let's talk to their next steps because I just spent a weekend with an, the Empower Network. It's a network of 19 incredible photographers in the SBE network. And I am one of the, I, I make 20. And I was just blown away that they've all broken through to these huge sales averages. Like I had a range yeah. of selling from $2,000 average to $9,000 averages in this portrait realm but they were coming up with the same themes and um, the same stuck 
sort of areas around growing and it's the next step in money, interestingly enough. Right. What were they saying? What were the the things, you know, if you could think of like the five things that were kind yeah. of stalling them or the the obstacles, I guess, what, what were they coming up with? All right. So let's just talk to, these are the five biggest obstacles I see in the startup phase. And then they shift a little bit in that sort of intermediate phase. So in the startup phase, number one is you don't get anywhere until you've locked down that folio and that product. Yeah. And the folio and the product is also the price, right? It's that folio, it's what you sell yeah. and it's what you do. So mastering that folio and that product is your highest priority. When you're starting out, nobody has a good shooting space. Um, very few people can afford to rent something straight off the bat because they're not making any money. So mm-hmm. everybody's either starting in their home, in their garage, in a rented space, outside, on location. And the biggest problem with that is when you don't master your shooting location straight away, you tend to just start feeling like the world's against you. The weather will shift. You know, something mm. will happen. You'll need a permit. There's there's a problem. There's just going to be problems with the shooting space. And you'll just always have this overarching so overarching, sorry, feeling constantly that you're not good enough. And so when you're in that startup phase, that shooting space is never good enough, no matter what. And then number three, I always say is self-value because you don't realize it until your value starts to come up, how much you infuse like that. I can't do this because, and mm-hmm. you know, it's just all these limits around you and everything that you think you are. And then you're going to get hit straight away with money mindset and selling. So those five things stop people in their tracks. It's one of those five things. And for me, building a folio and a product was actually my favorite part. That's the Mm -hmm. bit I loved. And it's probably the reason I survived in business is because I was actually really good at building a folio and building a product. Um, My shooting space, once I learned that holding space for people meant that I make them feel important. Wouldn't matter where they were, whether mm. they're in an abandoned building or on a beach, how I treat them and make them feel in my service and experience trumps any shooting space. I mean, yeah. when I built my business, I built it in a the crappiest old little country garage and I loved it. And it had so much beautiful energy and it didn't really matter. But when you're starting out, you think that that's the problem. And then, of course, your mindset and money and selling, once you start selling, it's a value metric. You're going to find out really quickly how you value money and how you receive money because it will show up straight away when you're trying to start a business. So those, to me, are the five big ones, right? Do you see anything else on there that you'd add? The only thing I can think of, yeah, and I don't know, this one to me was is a big one just through interviewing people and talking to people about their startup is finding time, especially because most people have another full-time job and just trying to balance managing. Yeah. Managing that business with the family and the job and all of that. And it's, but I think it goes back to learning how to run a business properly. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? So what it really comes down for me is you've seen it a million times too, Nikki, people go to start a business and the first thing they do is create a wage. And ironically, they earn about exactly what they used to earn in their job. It's like you have this mindset that that's the number where you're safe and that's kind of what you attract, no more and no less. So that's the part that really blows me away is this idea that you can start a business that you and and you 
you think it's not with intention at that point, but your intention is to just make this much money. If you've thought that when you started a business, that's exactly what you're going to get. And I've seen people do it. I used to earn $400 a week as a paid photographer. The first year of employment, self-employment, I earned $400 a week. It was almost like I set this limit that I was allowed to earn, and that's exactly what I brought into my life. So when I see people come into our network and then they get through those first five stages, they build a folio, they get their shooting space, you know, confident with their shooting space, whatever it is, they start to discover that they had low value. Maybe they deal with their money issues and they learn to break through selling. For me now, four words, profitability, systems, balance, and growth. All right. So is my business as profitable as it can be? Because the profit margin, the profit margin, after you pay all of the people that do what they do in your business, whether they help with marketing or retouching or assistance or makeup, everybody you pay has left and been paid. The profit margin is what's left for you. And if you've built a business that's earning 150000 250000 350000 and you're not keeping a bit for you, you're not keeping the lion's share And just remember, when you start a business, you're not there to create a wage, you're there to create an abundant income that you can grow, and that takes time. Mm -hmm. So I want all your focus to go to profitability and systems. We systemize, we create, we systemize, we create. That's what makes a business strong. Balance for me is now that you don't burn out, is that you are, people burn out when they say yes to things they don't want to do. True. And when they're not charging what they should charge because they're not mm-hmm. valuing themselves enough. And that feeling of burnout is horrendous. And if you don't balance who you are, what you charge, what you tell everyone you're worth, you're going to burn out. So yeah, the focus has to be on profitability, refining all of your systems, balance, 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 boundaries, boundaries, balance, balance, boundaries, value, boundaries, balance, because they're all the same thing. And then growth. Because you're going to grow here now. Do I get associates? Do I train photographers and step up as the photographer out of being the photographer? Do I get salespeople and so I can focus on only being the photographer? Do I really need to grow my business at all? Maybe I need to grow the experience, grow the average sale, and then cut back how often I shoot. Because I would rather shoot once a week at $5,000 than five times a week at $1,000 at this stage of my career. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, you've got to really think about how you like to work and how it's going to work for you. But this is all about refinement. You said so much in there, and I just, I'm trying to keep mental track of the questions I need to ask. So one, one thing you said is, and this was so true for me, it was so true for you, and it's so true for so many people, however much you make is however much you're just going to let go right back out. So how do people stop just you know, to get past that, well, I made $49,000 as a social worker. So I'm, I'm going to make $49,000 as a photographer, but if I make more, I'm just going to keep spending it. 
Yeah. Because I'm not supposed to make more. How, no. how do we get past that? Um, you're not supposed to make more because you gave it no direction and no goal to make more. Mm-hmm. And then the irony was, is when you do get extra, it's like, oh, I'll buy that lens that I want and that new light that so-and-so mm-hmm. has. And I'll get that, you know, that new gown because I don't need it, but uh, I've got this money and I may as well. It's because you gave your money no direction. Yeah. Money needs direction. It, when it has direction, it it not only has clarity, it has a goal and a purpose and it starts working because you're focused on that direction. When you give it no direction and you get excess, it falls through your fingers and you don't keep it. And it feels good because you're spending it and that feel good, that dopamine you're getting is such a rush. But yeah. that rush is <laughs> comes back to bite you in two months' time when you've been putting extra on your credit card thinking that that flow of money is just there and it's not. And because yeah. you're not focused on your income, you don't know where it's going and it just feels out of control. So yeah, you've got to give it direction. You've got to do your survival budget. You've got to jump up to your thrive budget. You've got to make sure that everything you want for yourself that you deserve in your life is included in that thrive budget. And if you're not, then you need to go back to step number three, which is up your self-value game, my friends, because Mm. this is where you start making money. Listen to this. Somebody told me this when I was like 25 and I never forgot it. If you trade money for time, you have a job, okay? I trade money for time. If I broke my ankle and I can't do my next five shoots, how would I make money? Um, I can't because there's nobody that can do those shoots for me because that's my skill. That's not a business. That's a job. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing 10 shoots a week with an average of 2000 and you're making $20,000 a week, I'm still trading money for time. So if I broke my ankle, I still wouldn't be able to make that $20,000. A business is when you make money while you sleep, when mm-hmm. you make money when you're not there. So as you start to grow into the self-employment that you have now freed yourself into, now it's time for you to become a business owner or Mm -hmm. a very well-paid sole trader, right? And a well-paid sole trader is someone that can work when they want and they've got a great profit margin. They can choose how many shoots. A lot of people Mm -hmm. are working towards that. Other people want staff. I don't want staff. I want to be a well-paid sole trader and a content creator in my own time and space. That's what I love. So make sure you really follow what you want as you're building this next phase. And also, like we talked about earlier, is staying in your lane. I feel like that's a big part of this, you know, the people who are getting to the success but that's when burnout comes, when you're trying to do everything yourself, the things you're not good at, you're trying to do all of that. I feel like that's such a huge part in, in staying in your lane comes in many ways, but I think I've said that to you for 10 years and nine years that I've known you is because I stayed in my lane, right? I built a business from nothing and I'm really good at teaching people steps one, two, and three. I'm a startup queen because I know how to take something with no value, make it valuable and sell it. Um, I know that the 12 week startup, 28 days, you know, the first two years in business, um, You know, these are the most powerful workshops I've done because that is the most power I have experienced in my life building a business. Mm. So I stay Mm -hmm. in my lane. You stayed in your lane. Part of the reason we chose you to run our podcast was because you were already building your own podcast. You were already doing it. And when I see people doing it, not talking about it, you weren't 
telling me, so I really want a podcast. And I'm like, okay, well, a thousand people have told me that the last two years, you started a podcast. What, what people activate naturally is their superpower. You might not have more than 10 followers. Like when you started Busy as a Mother, what was your first like, what, did you get 30 likes, you know, on your first yeah, right. post? Like you've got to start right. somewhere. Like, you yeah, start somewhere, totally. but you stayed in your lane. And I can tell when people are in their lane because you can, mm-hmm. it's like magic. Like yeah. they have their flow. Like they find their voice. They find, you know, you couldn't have stopped me doing this. Uh, even if, like I, I found every reason not to be an educator, but I keep doing it because it just <laughs> keep calling me. Uh-huh. and. Like photography was the same. You couldn't have stopped me. Uneducated, no camera, you know, poor dress sense, bad elocution, whatever. I was told everything. No people skills. You didn't. You couldn't stop me because when you show up to that, you show up to your your lane. Every day, it's a free lane. It's just, it's who you are, man. Get in it and just drive drive it like you stole it. <laughs> so the things that pe- the things that people shouldn't be doing, like I know I shouldn't be doing my own retouching. I know I shouldn't be doing my own accounting, and I think. People get nervous to spend that money on those things, but in reality, it's going to help them to grow if you've got to let go of those things. Like, how do people begin to outsource the things they they need to? Don't you think you should look at your prior, um, look at your profitability first and then prioritize your profitability based on the life that you want? So if my profitability is at 26% and I'm going to lose 6% profit by giving it to a retoucher, but it's going to give me back 12 hours of my week, then I'm going to choose the value of outsourcing that based on the profit I get to keep. That now is the only mindset going forward. It used to be, I want to look good. I want to reach 200,000. I want to get to this average. I want to be one of SBE's top performers. I want to break through selling. But now it's got to be how many hours a week do I need to work to get to that profitability? Mm -hmm. And if I raise my packages, my prices, and really streamline my systems and my profitability, I can get that profit margin higher. And when that profit margin is higher, what are the two things that are slowing my business down? Money management and retouching. So I'm going to outsource those, take less of a profit in order to uncork my business Mm -hmm. and get this bottleneck through. And you can start including what you need in the profit of your company because now this is your focus this year is going to be to make more money, keep more money and outsource the stuff that I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. I'm a terrible accountant. I so, I avoid it and worst. I avoid it and I avoid it. And the best part is, is I always know it's simple. I know how to assign what I've spent to the income of my business. I know how to say that's tax deductible, that shouldn't have been on there, but I will avoid that for six months and then have to yeah. do six months of books for an artist doing six months of allocating um, taxes, shoot me now. Just, it's I brutal. just, yeah, it's brutal. And I pay somebody to do that. And she is worth every penny, but I featured her cost into the profit of my product and business. Well, there is, okay, if it's not out yet, this, I'm not exactly sure the date that this, this, this episode comes out, but something that we've been working on behind the scenes as you know is a profitability calculator so that oh, it's you can really good what's that it's really good oh 
It's incredible. Yeah. It, it will tell you, you put in all of your expenses and it will shoot out how many shoots you need to do per month at yeah. what sales average. It's the most incredible And you can do tool. multiple ones. Like if you have a different prices for packages for personal branding or yes. portrait, you can do multiple. It's, it's yes. mind blowing. So it's something to stop avoiding, like you said. And like yeah. you said, eight out of those 19 other photographers hadn't even looked at their bank account. You and I used to be like that. We yeah. both avoided it. Yeah, because we were afraid. And sometimes when I did look at my account, I was like, wow, it actually looks better than I thought. And sometimes yeah. worse. So <laughs> steps one, two, three, four, five for the startup. If any of those steps are rooted in guilt or shame, okay, then it's yeah. going to be mirrored back to you exponentially. And yeah. that's exactly, unfortunately, that's exactly the first thing we have to experience in startup. Now, the second thing you're going to experience is then you finally get some money and now you don't know what to do with it. I'm telling you people, when you look at your debt, when you take control of your debt, you are empowered. You are so mm -hmm. empowered. Mm -hmm. It's it's like all that guilt and shame and it's shame. It's guilt and shame. I, I Those two emotions are the two things that stop you from flowing and keeping money is guilt and mm -hmm. shame. And if you just check in on the guilt and shame, sometimes it's so simple. It's just like an old belief from childhood. You're yeah. just sitting around the table and dad and mum said something about money or believe something about money and then you inherited this belief and and now you can smash through that and like get going. But all of a sudden I'm seeing people break through and they're earning hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Like yeah. three of those network were in the 300 to 500 going, where's my money? And I'm like, it's right there. No. So it's no. time for you to start taking control of your money, your money mindset and your profitability. And I tell you what, where guilt and shame comes up. We just talked about it, how hard it is to find people that you can talk to money about that are happy for you to win. Nikki, yeah. you and I have a lot of very personal conversations about money. And over yeah. the last 10 years, it's grown. It's grown into conversations about wealth. Yes. and investing, conversations I was never part of as a working class kid with no education. Like yep. we talk about money because we are in a safe place together to talk about money. So I want you to find a Nikki like I have a Nikki where you too talk about your money openly. You talk about, we talk about feelings around money. Oh yeah. Like I remember you would call me when you were starting your photography studio if you got a no sale or a low sale or it, one day somebody like got buyer's remorse. They told their husband how much they spent and she rung you and said, I want my money back. And you were all upset. And we'd have those money conversations oh, around value. Yes. And then we keep going. And then it was profitability. And then it was buying a home and buying a studio. And we just keep growing. And I have you for that. Um, so if anybody out there can find a money accountability conversation partner, they have to be on the same flow and, yes, you know, you can't be with somebody that's like, that's not, that's got limited beliefs around money when you're trying to open yours up. You both have to right. be open to um, mastering and monitoring your own poor mindset around money. And you do that by when you speak, people hear it and reflect it back to you and it, ugh, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> yeah. And they don't need to be photographers. I mean, it's basically like an accountability partner where they're your yeah. cheerleader. They're helping you brainstorm. I remember calling you. I'll never forget this. I was going to a wedding, my friend Ted and Kelly's wedding. 
and I was actually shooting the wedding. This was back when I was still doing weddings and I needed a dress and I found a BCBG. It was light pink leather on the top dress. It was $300. And I called you. I'm like, Sue, I've never spent $300 on a dress before. Like I just did it and I bought it. And it was just such a pivotal moment for me that it was okay. I allowed myself to buy the dress. It wasn't, you know, super exorbitant. I have not spent $300 again on a dress, but I mean, it was just the coolest thing to be able to have you to talk through this silly dress thing that represented so much for me. But hey, if you're selling portraits, that's the first lesson you learn. Women, for big ticket purchases, women phone a friend. Yes. So um, we phone a friend because we want to feel safe making this decision. And yeah. the truth is, is in photography, we phone a friend. We we want somebody to make it okay that we're spending all this money on ourselves and that we deserve it and that we are worth it. I think yeah. I distinctly remembered saying to you, that is the profit margin on one shoot. So if you go and do your average sale shoot this month and do an extra one, you've covered it. And you were like, done. And then two days later, you were like, I just booked a shoot. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no more and no less. <laughs> yeah, no more and no less. <laughs> okay, what about, let's talk about, so let's say you're at the point where you consistently have a lot of clients and, you know, I know, like you mentioned before, sometimes we get, I hate to use the word bored, but a little bit like we're doing the same thing over and over, even though our clients love it, our sales are great. What are some other ways if we don't want to continually be shooting, you know, 10, 12 shoots a month to bring in some extra Income. Make, make no mistake about it. It is boredom and creatively, it's like soul sucking. Yes. Because you're not there. growing. And, you know, you've got to grow. Uh, I found other ways creatively to grow in my business when I had to focus on business, not awards. Because I, I, I look at Richard Wood, who kept winning awards when I stopped. And I was so like a big part of my life was doing that and growing as a photographer. And I've watched his work just become world-class. And I I kind of envy that to some stage. I was like, do I envy that? Should I have kept doing that? But I couldn't grow as a photographer and grow this education. I had to make a decision and this is where my heart and soul mm-hmm. wanted to be. So, you know, I, I felt like it wasn't about me being a better photographer, although I've always tried to upskill myself as a photographer yeah. and evolve the experience that I give people in my studio because I always want to be mm. a little bit more cutting edge to what's happening in the world after 31 years. So to me, you've got a choice. Can I scale or grow this business? Okay, this is the first question you have to ask. Can I scale and grow this business. So mm-hmm. scaling up would be getting associate photographers, one, mm-hmm. two, ten, to come into your studio, train them as your photographers, work out how you're going to pay them, and then have multiple shooters. So you do understand that that now opens an avenue for multiple marketing um, mm-hmm. streams because we need to fill those spaces. And then how are you going to make that work effectively in your business? It's entirely achievable. I did it. Um, but getting associate photographers means I can do more shoots in a week and I can teach them how to sell and I can lock them in. You can definitely look at bringing in contractors. You can look at bringing in partners. Um, there's always a side hustle for digital products and I love teaching yeah. people how to create digital products. So the truth is, is that if there is a product 
currently that you could develop in your business that your client would buy, um, then obviously that's going to work. Uh, one of the Empower Network, two actually, are incredible personal branding photographers, but they come from a marketing education background. Uh-huh. And so they teach so much on their personal branding to the people who are buying the branding on how to use it in their social media, that they're creating products on how to use their personal branding photographs because it's straight out just a 10-step marketing plan for Instagram for anybody that wants their personal branding. Like think of auxiliary products, sister companies like um, Emily in Vancouver. She's got an incredible business, portrait business, wedding business, she, because her wedding business is so beautiful, she saw a hole in the market for wedding dresses, opened yep. a sister company to her studio that sells wedding dresses, and those companies max each other in income. Now she has two, you know, parallel businesses that mm-hmm. sort of serve each other. So there is always a way forward, a side hustle. You can start at your intermediate phase, thinking about becoming a mentor in your industry, an industry leader, an ambassador for brands. But Stop trying to sell yourself as a mentor and know this, being successful in your business is what makes you an incredible mentor. So if you just focus on constantly becoming better in your business, then people that you mentor will also be constantly becoming better in their business. So that's ways to grow. I know I keep bringing this up, but staying in your lane, like I remember when I decided I was going to try to make folio boxes and you were like, Nikki, this is not your lane. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Remember I ordered all that? I mean, come on. I look back, Dan and I were dying laughing the other day. Like, remember when I thought I was going to build folio boxes in my garage? Like, so not my superpower at all. You know, it's like, again, it goes back to doing what (laughs) your lane is, you know, because I I have two little kids. I didn't want to be shooting so much all the time. And so I was like, okay. Yeah. Don't force it. That's the trick. If you're just quiet for a minute, you'll just see what it is that you have. And I think the best way for you to look at it is what gets me the most likes online? Okay. Mm -hmm. What gets me the most likes online? Is it my photography? Is it when I'm talking, telling a narrative? Is it when I post a picture about me, something personal? Is it when I like, what are you doing? And then not what are you doing, but what are you saying when you're getting the most hits? Mm-hmm. So when I first blew up um, as an educator in 2010, um, the theme was pretty strong. The videos that were getting the most hits on YouTube were posing multiple body types, which mm-hmm. meant nobody was teaching that, and they weren't. Um, startup business, I was getting massive traffic on startup business because that's my powerhouse, Right. And then the third one was my fear talk, talking about fear and self-value because if you don't face that, you can't grow. So I knew really quickly what my lane was. Um, I could see your lane really quickly. Uh, You're a great blogger and you did it really naturally. So that tells me blog to podcast is pretty easy step. And then you're just an amazing connector of people. So, you know, it, it was easy to see that at the base level but then you've got to just throw yourself in and feel it and then let let it happen. Don't force yes. anything. Yes. And what are people in your audience asking for? Mm-hmm. You know, so people would follow me and they'd say, do you do workshops? Do you mentor? Have you written a book? 
Like, um, do you do videos? <laughs> I want videos. Like, they were asking me for things um, because they were seeing me and my brand and my voice. So I would just go home after these talks and write down videos, books, mentoring, workshops. Because <laughs> yeah, they were yeah. telling me what they wanted. You know, it's right in front of you. Your superpower is right in front of you if you're forcing it or you feel like you're forcing it. You're on the right freeway. You just might be in the wrong lane. Just change lanes, yeah. chill out, go into cruise control and just listen. Listen to what's around you, what lights you up, what mm-hmm. you're doing every day without being paid. It's yeah. right there. I know. I always get the most kind of traction, I guess, on social media when I show my face. Yeah. And I was like, because I was doing this exercise that you're talking about, and I'm like, all right, let me see. What do people want? And I'm like, I guess that means I need to show my face more. Well, I'll tell you why. You have a split audience because you serve clients, but you also are educating and you're an industry leader in the sense that you're a photographer that's built a podcast and built businesses and you mentor for SBE. So I would think that your following would be 90% photographers and 10% clients because you have a bigger following. So the people who are liking you and what you do in the photo industry are liking your images over your work. And the clients that do like your work are just a smaller number. So same with me. I Nowadays, I can post a shoot and get 7,000 likes. But if I post a portrait of me, I'll get 12,000. And it's because people are following the brand that people are mostly liking is me as an educator, not me as a photographer. Yeah. You know, so that's probably why we're getting that. You brought up something too, where I think I think when people think about I want some sort of other income stream, they think they need to sell to photographers, but yeah. you don't. No, it's you can sell. Like think about what your clients need. Like even just what you said with for personal branding, you could sell templates for Instagram for Facebook and make make it for them. Show them yeah. exactly what it would look like, and then That's exactly upsell right. them with a template. And we I were mean, talking about digital products last week with the creators and, and with all the, that network. And one of them is like, I've created a workshop, a six-week workshop to empower women and to teach them how to go for job interviews, um, to go back into the workforce. And I was like, well, that's fantastic. That's an yeah. in-person event at your studio where you can potentially you know, because just because someone hasn't been in the workforce doesn't mean that they're broken or, you know, bottomed out or lower mm-hmm. socioeconomic. They just don't have lost their confidence. Maybe they had children. They didn't get a chance to go back. Maybe they're newly divorced. Who knows? Whatever their story is. But that to me is, you know, an auxiliary product now. And I was like, you could yeah. also build that. You could monetize that. You could make that a regular thing. You could then photograph every single person that has gone through that workshop and then tell their story and use that in your marketing. And Mm -hmm. there are so many ways to create things like this. Another one was doing a personal branding shoot for two and a half thousand dollars, but then spending two hours coaching them on how to use the images. I was like, that is a $1,200 coaching session. Oh yeah, totally. So a lot of um, my people were like, photographing personal branding, doing a $2,500 sale and then coaching these people for two hours on how to use their marketing. I was like, that is a $1,200 product. You could create videos, you could create downloadable guides that they purchase Mm -hmm. as a package. So you're not only learning um, how to use all of these images in your marketing, you're getting really incredible marketing ideas from these gurus and they really are marketing gurus. So because oh, it just blew my mind. But yeah, you can open so many different doors 
for yeah. yourself by just following that purpose. And and what I said is an intermediate business, the folio turns from is it good enough and is it a professional standard and is it priced okay to really being one of purpose. Like this yeah. is shoot, this is the narrative I have. Now I found my voice. This is my client. This is who I'm going after and this is what I'm putting out to the world. Um, and I feel like once you get there, you you already have found another stream or another parallel that lights yeah. you up. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's about, though, okay. or mentoring, you've already found it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for people though, who are still at that phase of, okay, I've had my business. I'm finally, the snowball has started. I'm getting these regular clients. They're not necessarily looking for different income streams at this point. Is it about dialing in service, raising prices? You know, yep. how do we get them to increase their income? Well, the thing is, so the biggest thing, uh, one of our Empower Network stood up and said, I know I need to raise my prices. And I was like, why are you crying right now? <laughs> like, it's so bizarre, isn't it? That just saying that simple thing was I making know. her stand there and cry. And I was like, the people who call you next week won't know what your old prices are. The people who you've sold to who do know your old prices, if they come back, give them the old prices if they're good clients. If they're not, tell them the new yep. prices and you've lost nothing. Um, what is the thing that is making you cry over saying this right now? And why is it a thing? Because it's tied directly to our value. Mm-hmm. And there is a fear of being rejected when you put your prices up or a fear of being told that you're not good enough, which is just a fear of rejection. So it's so weird that we go through this emotional crisis to put a percentage up. But then somebody told me when I was in business in 2005, if I put my prices up by 5% and just do 5% increase, just work it out on a calculator, what is a 5% increase on the packages I have versus the amount of shoots I did last year and add that up and that's how much more money you would have kept for yourself had you done that 12 months ago. Mm-hmm. And it's this weird value, rejection, fear. It's so it's so ridiculous and we do it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, it's so frustrating. You've almost got to get so annoyed with your own scarcity mentality yes. that you're like, you know, I had to just like go get out of my way. Yeah, seriously, what the fuck? Yeah, move, like, I had to say that to myself. It. Like, get same, out of my like, way. Shut up and get out of my way. I said the same thing to myself. It, I love how you just said that. It's like getting annoyed and irritated with yourself. Like, come on. Like, you are better than this. Like, seriously, get over it. <laughs> yeah. Just stop talking mm-hmm. and stop putting it in the front of your mind that you're not good enough by talking constantly about not being good enough. It's exhausting. And the best part is, is I must have been so exhausting back then to the people that supported me. No wonder I felt unsupported because mm. <laughs> nobody could possibly meet my needs because I was just not meeting my own needs. So it's like, you know, for you people out there that are being needy, all right, you're exhausting. <laughs> and the only reason I yeah. put up with you is because I was exactly the same. And, you know, yeah. most of you don't believe that. Yeah. It is definitely frustrating hearing something someone complain about the same thing and not take any action or make any changes whatsoever. So and let's talk a little imagine, bit about that. Like action. You, I, I remember when you used to make me feel like that. <laughs> I remember when that was you. <laughs> uh, and the next God, morning, you'd sorry. Come back in and you'd go, you're right. And I'd go, oh, 
<laughs> oh, I have some friends in my life right now. I love them dearly, but I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, what changes are you going to make? Yeah, this is public, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Our friends are listening. <laughs> they know who they are. I say it to them. Trust me. Okay, yeah. so let's talk for this just, you know, the last couple minutes about taking action because this is, it's yes. it's a new year. It's goal setting, but it's also taking action. You can't just say it and then hope that it magically appears at your door. Yep. I'm an activator. Mm. I will activate. I spend a lot of time focusing on what I want and then I activate it. Uh, I do it with fear. I do it unpracticed. I do it without perfection. And I do it without finishing properly because if I don't start, I won't learn. I am someone that has to do something to learn it. Like I can Mm -hmm. watch a video and I can read a book and I can listen to a podcast, but that's not how I learn. Uh, All that does is gives me a doorway into something I want to try. For me, I have to do it hands-on or it's just not going to stick. And anything you show me hands-on, I will master it. And if you show it to me and it excites me, I will master it and I will master it and I will be better than you at it and I will not stop and nobody will outmaster me in that moment. Nobody will outwork me in that moment. And that was all I had was activation and consistency and hard work. But at the same time, I made sure that if it didn't light me up, if it wasn't going to change me, make me grow, self-develop, wasn't going to develop my money, my business, my brain, I just wasn't attached to it anyway. So Mm -hmm. always just going after the joy that I wanted. What did I do that, that got me here that was so remarkable? Nothing. I just took action on what I wanted. What did I do, Nikki? I'm not braver than you. I'm not more courageous than you. I'm not richer than you. I did not grow up with better parents than you. What did I do that was so extraordinary? Nothing. I just focused on that action every single day. I just focused on it, you know, and and I just keep seeing evidence that I was good and seeing evidence that it was working and seeing evidence that I can make money and that I am valuable. And after a lifetime of evidence of not good enough, I was seeing this beautiful evidence that I'm enough and Mm. that I have something of value to offer this world and I can receive income in equal exchange for that. And now I can teach others how to do the same. So I'm just an activator and you activate, you have to have certainty and conviction in Mm -hmm. order to get clarity. Mm -hmm. When I want something, I'll think about it until I am so certain I would tattoo it on my forehead (laughs) because certainty Mm -hmm. and conviction is a powerful force. And when you are uneducated and you don't feel like you've got much chance and much support, It was only my certainty and conviction that made me show up every day. Mm -hmm. I knew what I wanted and I knew what I had to do to get it. Consistency comes next. Congruency is at the next step, breaking down the next step, getting excited about that every day. There is a moment where you stop being not good enough. And I'll tell you what, I I just wrote this last night. Uh, There is a moment when you stop being not good enough. And I'll tell you when it is. It's when you stop letting life happen to you. 
And when you realize yes. that when yes. you do your thought work and your emotional mastery, that you are intentionally creating your day, your week, your year, your future, your income, the people yep. in your life and how deep a meaning that you find is you're doing all of that with the thoughts about yourself. You take charge of, I create my life. Mm -hmm. I don't wake up now in an emotional state. I wake up in a state that is, I can create whatever I want. Yes. And I just need to get myself into a right headspace. That's the moment where I no longer felt like it was out of control, that it was happening to me. Yes. That was the moment where I realized I was building what I want and I'm in charge of this. The world is reflecting back your emotions. Yes. What you're seeing is what you're being. You shift what you're it's being and you will see be. something so more powerful for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's such a good place to be. And I can't say I, I can pinpoint when this shift happened to me, but as you know, my you know, Dan, my husband, severely injured his hand. And he's yes. an electrician and he's not gonna be able to work for a long time. Thankfully, I'm able to support him. But a conversation we had the other day, and it's just so great. Oh god, it makes me like so great that we're on the same page with it. I was like, babe, maybe this didn't happen to you, it happened for you. How can we use like severing a, a finger and, you know, like as a positive. And right. we were able to talk through how this didn't happen to you. It happened for you. We're going to make some changes with just the, the way that we're living and him. He doesn't want to be working all the time. He doesn't need to be working all the time. So we're yeah. going to start focusing more on what he can do at home, on our property, with our family, and, and just for us to have more balance. Had he not done this to his finger, I don't know that he would have opened his mind to the reality that he does not have to work a lot. He does Lessons not have come to with big jolts. He can sure. do the big, things big that jolt. bring him joy, build dirt yes. jumps, work on our property, just work on the house, like all of those things. And anyway, so I don't know that I, if I had not ever worked on my self-value, my letting go of guilt and shame, feeling I'm enough, I'm worthy, all of the things that you've taught me over these, the years that I've implemented, I would have been freaking out. What are we going to do? Eh, like just not allowing it to be something that maybe we can make happen for us yes. instead of to us. Exactly right. You know, you've got to continually grow too. Like uh, every time I think I've grown in exponentially in one area, it'll show me that I need to grow in this area. And uh, at first, the lessons were coming so hard and fast. I was like, when do they stop? Like, can I just have a reprieve where I don't feel this life pain all the time? Mm -hmm. And I now don't have that life pain in my life. But you know, you're asking to grow. So it's a big step. I'll challenge everybody out there with one question. Um, you know, what is love? And if you could describe love in one word, what would that word be? And if mm. you think into its acceptance, like love is acceptance. When somebody loves us, they accept us as mm. tribe and fear of rejection. That's human desire is to be accepted into the tribe and to be loved. So self-love is self-acceptance, right? And it's hard to love yourself when you don't do the things you want to do. So self-love for me is doing for the self. Self-love is building the business that you want, the business you want to have, mm -hmm. making the money that you want to make and keeping it for yourself. Like that's doing for the self. And if you're not doing for yourself, 
it's very easy to feel resentful because you're often doing for others. And it's more important that you put your needs first because mm-hmm. you cannot you cannot meet your own needs or anybody else's until you actually work out what yours are so if doing for yourself is your primary focus from listening to this write that down um what am i doing for myself we expect a lot of people to love us accept us validate us nurture us and support us when we don't do it for ourselves So what are you Mm -hmm. doing for yourself? And if you get angry at other people for not supporting this path you're on or not supporting this business, it's because you're not supporting this business and you're actually frustrated with yourself. It's always about you. So if you think about what you're not getting right now, that's what you need to start doing for yourself. Mm -hmm. Self-love is doing for yourself. I need you to sit down and really ask yourself, What have you been doing for yourself lately? And have you been showing up for yourself? Have you been looking after yourself? Have you been looking after your income, your money, your future? Have you been looking after your body, your fitness, your health? Have you been looking after your wealth, your relationships? You know, like, are Mm -hmm. you doing for you? And if that list has a whole lot of doing for others, you need to start writing some stuff down because you will not get anything more personally until you start doing for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's my soapbox. Yeah. And doing things <laughs> that bring you joy as well. Like you might think you're doing for yourself, but you hate it. And you're just like, joy. like you said, soul sucking. Yes. It's like uh, like I changed working out on my, I, I have to work out. I'm 50. If I don't work, if I start losing muscle, I get hips injury, shoulder injury. Like yeah. I'm, I'm working with an old body now. <laughs> I don't want to work out every day. I have to. So I was like, I wrote workout on my calendar and it's just so easy to skip. Like I mm-hmm. look at that, that booking and I, there's nothing else there. So, oh, I could go and write content or watch a movie. Like I can think of a million things I'd rather do than that workout. So I just simply changed it to body time. Oh. And I was like, you can dance, you can stretch, you can meditate. I you love can that. walk around the block. You can go for a power, power cycle. You can run, you can lift weights. Just move your body. Or, or go if you're not feeling well, go and have a massage, but it's still body time. Yeah. Once I changed it to body time, I now do it. <laughs> I love it. I do it every One day. I'm shift. like, oh, body so time. Bad. What do I feel like doing? And I suddenly don't feel the pressure of having to go to the gym because mm-hmm. gyms are places of great suffering. <laughs> and I don't want to go. I, do, I don't like it. People running on the rat wheel, just staring at the I wall. Know. It just does my head in. So I'm like... It's changed the way I do for myself. And I'm working on that every single day, doing more for myself. Awesome. Well, I think that's the perfect way to start this new year. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was awesome. Congratulations on a million downloads. (sighs) One million times people said, I want to listen to these stories. And I do recall a time after a really great conversation we had about money and mindset in 2013 where we got to the end of it and you looked at me and you said, we should have recorded that. You said people would have really wanted to hear that. Yeah. And this morning as I was jumping on this call uh, to celebrate a million downloads, I was like, well, Nikki, we did record that. (laughs) (laughs) We did record those talks. Yep. Yep. Here we are.
Awesome. Congratulations. What an Thank incredible you. achievement. And that's yeah. another thing. Doing for the self is one thing. You've got to take a moment. Those 19 photographers that stood up and told me their stories, their incredible success stories, were still talking like they were newbies. $4,000, $5,000, $7,000 sales averages. They weren't comparing themselves because you just are constantly seeing people that look better than you and that are selling more than you and look wealthier than you and have their, you know, shit together better than you do. And you just constantly, you don't realize where you're at. You don't realize what you've achieved. If there is one thing that I need you also to do other than the list about doing for the self, it would really be to just look back over the last three years as to what you've learned and mastered the growth Mm -hmm. um, and just you know, acknowledge it, celebrate it. But I tell you what is more important. It's it's accountability for yourself because you're like ticking these like skills off and these next steps off. You're like, look at me achieving this, look at me achieving this. But more importantly, it's quantifiable. Mm. It's actually quantifiable. Sometimes mm-hmm. you feel like you're getting nowhere. But when you see those results, that's quantifiable steps to success that you took and mastered and you might be at the beginning of the staircase but if you just take a moment to realize what you've learned and how far you've come that you're not that person that used to have that old mindset nobody's going to pay this in my town everyone (laughs) did this but now that's not who you are so have a look at what you've achieved and then start doing so more for yourself I just I have to say thank you too to Ashley Taylor and Kevin Conde for doing our clubhouse versions of they do our Thursday episodes. So I have to say thank you they to are them. They awesome. are incredible. So yeah. Two fantastic people. I know, it's true. That's true. Well, thank you again, Sue. We will chat again next time. Yeah, happy holidays, everybody out there. Yes. I hope 2022, 2022 is going to be a year of um reconnection, replenishment, rebirth, starting out, rebuilding. Um, What about just uh, refocusing? Um, And you're going to go to the top of the list there, uh, business owner. So start going and uh, doing some really cool stuff. And let's see how you go this year. Action taker, dream maker, problem solver. You can do it. Solution finder. Go for it. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge, plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. It's time for me to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Fujifilm North America. If you haven't experienced portraits and wedding scenes created on the large format GFX system digital camera sensor, you are missing out. 
Along with up to 102 megapixel resolution, you'll find rich colors and gorgeous in-camera looks. There's also AI-driven subject detection and eight frames per second bursts inside the compact GFX100 digital camera. Hit the link in this episode's description to view the products. It's time to dream big in your creative process.